When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that isn't worried about whether the glass is half empty or half full. It's wondering why the liquid in it is chloroform. Because <laughs> that's the only way I get dates. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. No, 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 no. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... I'm still, okay, I'm still tell, reeling. Tell, I'm still tell. reeling. Okay, I'm trying to move on from that. Um, today we're going to talk about surrogacy. We're going to talk about surrogacy. We're going to have a couple of our friends, Joseph Peters Matthews, who you know from the episode about priests. Episode 37. Or maybe, oh, look at you knowing information. Well, Dan's not here, so I got to get my shit together. Uh, okay. Or maybe you don't know about it. That's fine. You don't have to listen to all of us. That's a lot of us. Um, and That's over a hundred episodes ago. Yeah. 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 Great. That's, math. that's math. Um, Mathisms. <laughs> Um, and his husband, Brandon Peters Matthews. Yeah. So um, we're going to have them on to talk about their current surrogacy process. But first. But first, uh, thank you to these Patreon members. New Patreon people. Uh, yeah. I mean, thank you to them for being Patreon members, but also thank you to them for having names I feel like I can pronounce. Okay, great. Sure. Uh, Nicholas Tabrizi. Nicholas Fabrizi? Yeah. It reminds me of Friends where she goes, I'm Breezy. And they're all like, you can't say you're Breezy. That Anyway. Is he related to Kanye West? I don't get it. Yeezy? Never mind. Okay. okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. That was a bit of a stretch. Um, David Warner. <laughs> David uh, Warner. Yeah. And his brother. Yeah. The, the Warner Brothers. It's time for Animania. <laughs> and Sean. Sean. Who I have to assume is Sean Spicer. There are a lot of hot Sean's. That's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he might get like real angry and dumb if he were to like, fuck me. Maybe I. He would just like, like plow you, but he's chewing gum at the same time. Or like... he would lie about plowing me. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, we didn't have sex. I'd be like, wait, that's a lie. Okay. Thank you to all of our Patreon members. We like you a bunch, a whole yeah. bunch. What we're doing, thank yous. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Donovan, we did an interview with him for his book oh yeah and in response he sent us beer and rosé yeah. in the mail which apparently you can do yeah you got bunches of beer and yep. i got some rosé champagne is that what it's called bubbly rosé yeah um yeah thanks that's really sweet thank you very much unexpected yeah and totally consumed yeah and let us <laughs> if anyone else wants to send us things so people have said that maybe we should get a p.o box or something because they want to send us shit and oh. i'm afraid of anthrax and and republicans which so i don't want to just give out an address but a p.o box that could yeah, work right maybe, i think that's what other podcasts do how much does a p.o box cost a hundred I don't know. <laughs> I Great. have no idea. <laughs> Great. Um, do you want to talk about the news? Yeah, I've got some news things. Are you ready? Yeah. So first. 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 It has. It was announced um, uh, last week. Well, okay, so first of all, should I turn on the time cave? <laughs> time cave. Hello. Hello. Ooh. Oh. Is yeah. this the, the time cave feels echoey. So because... Oh, I'm going to turn that off. So... Um, <laughs> Because we had those lesbians on 
we're actually recording this well in advance of it airing so it there's like a little bit of a staleness factor mm, right yeah, yeah yeah and that just like the cum mask yep exactly it's crusty it's so stale by now by the time it comes out it's gonna be powder um <laughs> so it's like <laughs> farting baby powder <laughs> um so when i say last week it's actually like two and a half weeks ago now okay okay um but anyway so it was announced that northern ireland will begin which is definitely maybe or maybe not part of the uk <laughs> it's one of the two what do you think i don't think it's part of the uk That is part of the UK. Ah, fuck. What is not part of the UK? The Republic of Ireland. How's that different? If you just say Ireland, not the UK, it's its own country. Oh. If you say the Republic of Ireland, that's the same thing. Not part of the UK, it's its own country. If you say Northern Ireland, that is the island of Ireland north of the border, that's actually the UK. You with me? I'm sorry, were you still talking? You're not gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Great. Geography. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't realize this, that uh, a lot of laws in the UK are not uniform. So in England hmm. and in Scotland and Wales, uh, same-sex marriage has been legal since 2014. Northern Ireland, no. Oh. So it's almost like the United States. Like they have this fucked up, like it depends, on, depends on what state you're in. Yeah. Anyway, marriage for same-sex couples will begin in Northern Ireland on Valentine's Day 2020. Uh, that's if everything goes according to plan and and the UK doesn't just disappear after Brexit. Um, <laughs> the UK just sinks into the ocean and no one really knows. It's like Atlantis. It's just like... Like that meme of Homer Simpson going oh, into, yep, the bushes. into the bushes. The UK is just like... Ugh. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, so they're 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 working on all of the details, and that's why it's taking so long. But um, Undersecretary, <laughs> uh, the UK has a like a law has uh, not been known for finalizing details very quickly <laughs> of of late. <laughs> Just gonna throw that out there. Yep. Um, the Parliamentary Undersecretary of State for the Northern Ireland Office, Lord Ian Duncan. Wow. Said, wow quote (laughs) my god yell out that name during sex (laughs) Uh, get ready for valentine's day because that is when they can do it i think of no better i can think of no better time than valentine's day to do it so that started out a little dicey and then it ended really sweet yeah just like most of my sexual encounters (laughs) um yeah so we have to ensure it's that woo what we have to ensure is that wherever the law mentions husband and wife and man and woman, it has to be corrected to reflect the change. We want to make sure that on that date in January, we don't miss anything. So we're working assiduously to ensure that absolute legal certainty is granted exactly as you would be if you were marrying as a heterosexual couple. So, Or as a, I mean, this is something I'm thinking about more and more, a male and female couple. Yeah. Is what he meant. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank you. If, if, if he, I mean, if, if like I, I'm, I'm struggling with the language, right? Like, it's incorrect to call a bisexual person a heterosexual, right? But is it wrong to say a heterosexual couple yes. if it's people of the opposite gender? Yes. Why? Because one of them is still bisexual, so they are not heterosexual. Right, but the couple is same sex. There is the the couple is opposite opposite gender. That's what heterosexual but, means. I think. It feels wrong. It feels like you're erasing the bisexual identity to call a bisexual person as in a heterosexual couple. 
So I think it is better, more appropriate, more apt to say a opposite gender couple. Okay. Okay. I think that it's different describing an individual versus describing a relationship. And, oh, and that, like, oh, got the, it. That when you're describing the relationship, if they're opposite gender calling the relationship heterosexual is fine. <sighs> I really don't like that. That's I fine. really don't I can like tell. that. Like, yeah. That rubs me the wrong way. More on this later. I'm yeah. going to rub Kyle the right way now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is um, a, just a, a message I got on Facebook Messenger from fucking Dan, who's not with us today. Yeah. Uh, quote, I'm watching the Dark Crystal series because the movie is my favorite thing ever. And in episode seven, that you know, the new the new series, no. the Dark Crystal series, there's a Dark Crystal series that just came out. Anyway. I don't know what that means. In episode seven, one of the lead characters casually mentions she has two fathers and a brother. I love it even more. Thought it was maybe newsworthy. Oh, yeah. So Dark Crystal, there's some just like casual affirming of of gay people who we don't know if that was surrogacy or adoption in that fictional universe, but mm -hmm. let's just assume it was surrogacy and that's why so it's we're talking theme. about it now. Yeah. Yeah. And that means even when fucking Dan isn't here, he's here. Yeah. Thanks Dan. Thanks Dan. Okay. So a woman at the Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood international airport on September 15th, which is the day that we're recording this. So today, uh, went through a full body scanner. She was pulled to the side by a female TSA agent who said that the scanner showed an issue with her groin region. Oh, boy. The TSA officer totally... I mean, she's trans. That's where this that, is going. That, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so the uh, TSA officer told Olivia she needed to have a pat down because of something the scanner had detected. Mm -hmm. Olivia said she had faced additional TSA scrutiny before, but that usually an explanation was enough to convince officers she didn't have a weapon hidden in her underwear. Oh, like you have some... You look to me, you're presenting female to me, so what's that bulky thing in your groin that you... Yeah. Jesus, I didn't... Wow. Yep. This time, the TSA officer, after patting Olivia down and checking her hands for explosives residue, told Olivia she still couldn't clear her to fly and took her to a private room where she patted her down again. Quote, I told her, if the issue is what you were feeling, let me tell you what that is. It's my penis, <laughs> said Olivia. It, yeah, Olivia's not her name either, by the way. Just oh, that's, like, a, that's a pseudonym for this article. Anyway, a TSA supervisor and three more TSA officers joined them. And Jesus. Oli and Olivia said the supervisor then told her that she'd have to be patted down by a male officer. Olivia refused, and they told her that because she wasn't consenting to a search, they couldn't let her board the plane and would escort her out of the airport. So she started crying. Uh, yeah. And then pleaded with the officers, can I just show you? <laughs> Oh God, the, the fact that, I mean, I get what, she's the one that, yeah, oh, that's fucked up that it, like, you would have to show them your genitals to prove that this feels like a Stonewall where the cops came in and like lined everyone up and were like, you have to show us what your genitals look like so we can decide if you're trans or not, or if you're cross-dressing or drag queen or whatever. Yep. Yep. Well, TSA officers are not supposed to let passengers remove their underwear in front of them. But according to <laughs> Olivia, nobody objected when she removed her pants and underwear to show them her genitals. <gasps> she was then cleared to board her flight. Oh my God. But uh, it is just, I just, I just can't, I can't, I, I can't. Nope. Like, this is the most horrible fucking thing that I can possibly think of. Like, <sighs> like, like. I need to get to my desk. Like I'm flying for a reason. I need to get to a destination. And the only way to let me pass is to show you my penis penis. Yeah. Ugh. Like that's, that's just, it's so, it's so awful. It's violating. It's rude. It's. Ugh. 
it's like i would imagine a trans person's worst nightmare yeah like and that's just how it how they roll in fort lauderdale but i'm gonna guess not just fort lauderdale I, I also wanted to just say real quick that Big Fatty's mother passed away this morning. Yeah. And, and if you don't know, Big Fatty is uh, part of the Pride 48 network who we go to their conference. We do a streaming show and he's kind of a, uh, a, a very prominent figure playing stuff. Yeah. Helps everyone. So. Yep. And it wasn't unexpected. She's been ailing for some, for some time, but it's still really hard. And I just, Big Fatty, we love you and sorry. Yeah. That's all. That's sweet. Um, do you want to talk about surrogacy? Let's talk about surrogacy. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's very interesting to me because I do not want kids. I have no plans to have kids. And this is like very, it's just like, I'm so glad. It seems very complex to me. So I'm so glad I don't have to deal with all the the bullshit that I assume comes along with this. So, yeah. 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 Well, and I thought I wanted to have kids and wanted to have my own biological children Mm -hmm. via surrogacy. Yeah. That shit's expensive. I don't know yeah. if it's worth it. Yeah. Let's get another dog. <laughs> Way cheaper. And <laughs> people don't get mad when you put them in a cage. Yeah. Or leave them at home for hours by themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll lick my dog right now. <laughs> he hates it. Um, okay. Uh, before our guests join us, yeah. I just wanted to tell you one datum. Okay. <laughs> a datum. A datum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I will have more, more datums <laughs> in the <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> uh episode because you know we have guests we have time constraints so if you want the full data check out patreon patreon.com slash kh podcast slash money um uh so (laughs) there was a uh research conducted by the fertility iq on behalf of the chicago tribune um and they do not need a high iq to have children nope nope uh, straight people prove that day in and day out. Uh, so they collected data from fertility clinics in more than 10 cities. Um, and they said that 10 to 20% of donor eggs are going to gay men having babies via surrogacy. That oh. is a, I mean, if you go to the 20% side, that is an overrepresentation of gay people um, yeah. in the process. Specifically gay men? Gay men. Okay. Um, and that's true. Uh, actually, more some of the data I'll, I'll tell you later is about the difference between male and uh, female same-sex couples, and, and females are more likely to have um, children than male couples. Uh, stereotype is true. Hmm. Men have other shit to do, like than have kids, like fuck and brunch and brunch, <laughs> jerk <laughs> off or whatever. Um, and in a lot of places, the number of gay men having babies via surrogacy uh so that when they talk to the clinics the the numbers have gone up uh 50 from five years ago so it's becoming uh-huh. more and more commonplace yeah. in the surrogacy for world maybe because we can get married now and that's part of the datum that i'll tell you is uh channing datum <laughs> <laughs> oh he's so sexy magic mike the Second one was so bad. XXL was so bad. <laughs> Magic Mike you... XL, Microsoft XL. <laughs> was there Magic Mike Microsoft XL? Because yeah. you're talking about data. Yeah. Anyway. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Okay. That was that a stretch. Was, too bad. That was nope. technically nope. a joke. Nope. <laughs> um, stop. Yeah. <laughs> no stop. Don't. Um, stop. Drop and roll. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh, that was the end of it. Uh, <laughs> and so we're going to get to learn about at least one specific case when we have our guests, uh, Joseph and Brandon, on. Yeah. Joseph and Brandon. Brandon and Joseph. Yeah. Be- the, the Peters <gasps> Matthewses. Oh, my God. 
their initials are BJ, Brandon and Joseph. Oh, did you guys know that? Did you know that? Surprise. <laughs> yes, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have... We'll have BJs. We'll have, we'll have B and J here. <laughs> P, B, and J? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. Over break. Over break. <laughs> Great. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Do we need to do some like breathing exercises to help you? Some Lamas? <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> so, so are we? Are we back? We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. So we are here with Joseph and Brandon Peters Matthews. Hi. Hi. Hello. Willkommen. Uh, bienvenue. Oh God, it's getting douchey so early. Um, Joseph Peters Matthews, you were on our episode uh, a long, long time ago. Almost two years. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Almost we, two years. Um, talking about um, the good word. Yeah, priests. Priests. Was the episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm an Episcopal priest. Uh, I was at a church in Lakewood, which is south of Tacoma in Washington State. Now I'm at a church in Edmonds, which is north of Seattle. It's a much better commute. Y'all came to church that day. Yeah, you did, and got uh, got liquid on me. You got sprinkled with water. That's true. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, what do you do? So I'm a sleep medicine physician. I split my time between downtown Seattle and Federal Way. Nice. And y'all are married, hence the last name of Piers Matthews that you shared. That's like uh, something interesting. Like when you get married, you gay men have to decide what they're gonna how how did you decide to pick combining your last names well i think we kind of always knew we wanted to combine them uh and then the order we chose was flipping a coin best three out of five because <laughs> we needed to reserve the church and i wanted the paperwork in it's a gorgeous venue and i didn't care what the answer was i just wanted something on the piece of paper so i could send it to the church whose last name got first brandon's brandon he okay. won all three out of the three out of five wow yeah, um three so times in a row we're going to yeah. talk about your surrogacy. So when you have a child, are they going to be also Peters Matthews? Mm -hmm. And Joseph, are you worried that's going to get shortened into just Peters and then you're going to lose out? No, I'm not worried about that. Uh, the shortening to Peters already happens sometimes. Oh. Uh, not with me, but Brandon has published under Peters since before we got married. So uh, I don't mm. what, what do your patients call you? Some call me Dr. Peters, some Dr. Matthews even. Uh, often Peters Matthews, but usually Peters. And his publications continue to be in as Peters, mm. just so that it's like once you have a name that people start to recognize, you kind of have to. You're kind of yeah. known. You're kind of a big deal. You gotta, <laughs> gotta, you, <laughs> SEO is a real thing. It is. It yeah. is. Absolutely. Oh my god, that's in the industry I work in. Okay, so you are having a baby. We Tell are us. having a baby. What? Uh, when is? It. I should probably not they. say it. when is it or when they. Is, when is they do? <laughs> when is they going to be in your life? October eighteenth. Yeah. Damn. Solid date. Like C-section is scheduled. A month from now. It is like a month from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that seems really intense. Like, are you are you ready? Is it surreal? Are you even like? We're as ready as we're going to be. I yeah. Think. It's, yeah. It's always a hard question to answer because. We, we don't experience the day-to-day -day of pregnancy. Like, we yeah. might get some photos or a text message, a few details here and there. But, like, we have a space available. We have a crib now. We've got a stroller and a car seat. Like, physically, we're ready. Mentally, we're ready. As ready as we can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We 
yeah i mean we our surrogate lives in southern oregon we've not actually met her yet uh we've skyped with her and interacted with her and her husband on a zoom meeting uh but there's not a child inside either of our bodies or yeah. the body of the person next to us in bed every night so it's she's just kind of there and <laughs> and we're also generally not anxious people or presences hmm. brandon's just really laid back Lexapro helped me with that. And <laughs> so we're not worked up and not reading lots of books. And Brandon has said to me a couple of times that the human race has regenerated for millennia without help books on pregnancy or child raising. So <laughs> yep. we will do what we can. One of my condescending friends I had in high school said something that always stuck with me, and it is stupid people do it all the time. Yeah. And there are so many things that I think that applies to, and this is one of those. Stupid people have kids all the time, and y'all yeah. are intelligent people, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're probably prepared more than most, more I would say. Average. Yeah. I have every reasonable expectation that y'all are not going to fuck up your kid. So Yeah. Like, yeah. That's... I... <laughs> oh, see, I'm the opposite. I think... Every parent fucks up their child in some way, and it's just like you try to do the least amount of fucking up of your child mm -hmm. that you can. Wow, that's a very negative view of parenting. Oh, I well. think it's a pretty rational view of parenting. I, yeah, I think it's but... rational, okay. too. <laughs> I, you shoot for well-adjusted, but yeah. the adjustment changes every generation, too. Yeah. There, there's a corollary, too, there, though. Like Even the best parents can have a fucked up kid. Like Sometimes just shit happens. Yeah. You can do everything right, and they still are a monster. So good luck with that, kids. <laughs> <laughs> also, there are probably good things about having a kid. Yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Bringing them outside, and people think it's cute. <laughs> that's something i'm looking forward to yeah. uh, i am baby crazy yeah i don't know if y'all know that your biological I, clock is ticking absolutely like marissa tomei uh, yeah <laughs> uh, exactly yeah uh so i am i am baby crazy uh, at church there's an 11 month old who is appropriately weighted for 11 months so he's a little chonky and <laughs> like i hold him as much as i can he's getting squirmy because he's just shy of being able to walk and doesn't want to be held as much yeah. um mm -hmm. but if you click through like pictures of me or facebook pictures it's oh family event where there's a baby i will take that baby as long <laughs> as i can give me your baby <laughs> uh, clergy conference oh hello little infant your mom is in a meeting right now i will babysit you for the next two hours yeah. uh so i've i've been ready for a while for a baby conceptually yeah, yeah. um okay my expectation would be that it's a little bit weirder for men to want to hold a baby like if, if you were in a straight couple or if you were a pregnant woman walking up to someone like people can see and be like oh you're pregnant i understand why you want to hold this baby and i feel like that could be a little bit uncomfortable with when you're a man because people make assumptions about men and children well i only hold babies whose parents i know mm. and they know that i'm a gay man and they know that i'm baby crazy okay. like build a relationship first it's like you shouldn't touch anyone without their consent, but certainly not pregnant women's bellies, which is apparently mm -hmm. a thing that strangers touch oh my God. baby bumps all the time. Mm -hmm. And uninvited, uninvited. Like, I might deck someone yeah. <laughs> if they just walked up and touched my stomach. Uh, yep. I have almost done it for slapping my ass in a bar without yep. permission. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I know the parents, there's some kind of relationship first. I don't, I don't ask in grocery stores. But I do make faces at them. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Restaurants and grocery stores. Restaurants, yeah. flights. Mm -hmm. I make faces at babies to get them to smile and laugh. And 
at, at, at the risk of turning this into like a like a hashtag not all men kind of a scenario but uh, it, there is a little bit of a double standard there right like like women it's perfectly acceptable to walk up to each other and be like let me hold your baby yeah. but a dude does that it's real creepy right? it is creepy like, and I, I with good reason yeah yeah <laughs> oh, absolutely absolutely um i think mike now would be a good time to like back up and start to ask what uh your your line of questioning my line of questioning yeah which one? Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go ahead and do it. What, what I, what, what I, I, what I thought we were going to do first, or would be a good place to start, is that Kyle hates the phrase oh, "we're pregnant." Yeah. Okay. So, how do you guys feel is, about that? Well, let me explain myself. <laughs> okay. When it, it is a male female couple, I need to not say. I think I said straight couple a couple times. So, bye, people. Hi, I remember you. Um, when it's a male female couple, I hear the man often say we are pregnant and that just rubs me the wrong way because like you're not, but you're not. So like Mm -hmm. that, and I don't have kids. I don't want kids. I'm not even in a relationship. So whom am I to say that or care? But I've heard y'all say we're pregnant and no, did I make that up? I don't usually say we're pregnant. Oh, okay. Well then I made that up in my head. I got angry at you for something I said in my head. Yeah, I think, I mean, we probably say we're having a baby oh, or okay. maybe even we're expecting. But yeah, I mean, pregnancy certainly implies a physical state, mm-hmm. which neither of us would claim. Yeah. No matter how often we try. <laughs> <laughs> so then how do you... Wait, hold on. Oh? I think it's really sweet because even though even though the man clearly is not physically pregnant, probably not pregnant, there are some examples of trans men having babies, but for the most part, it's not the man that's pregnant. Um, it's a, it's a, we are in this together, right? Mm-hmm. Because like the traditional straight couple fifties TV version of families is like the woman does all the work is the one that handles the pregnancy. Okay, smoking like, a cigar in the waiting room is very difficult. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, it, so it, much work. It, exactly. But like to, for, for, the, for the man in that couple to say that we are pregnant at least is signaling to her publicly, we're in this together. Yeah. It's not just you doing this alone and I'm going to go play poker. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. That's very true. Great. We solved it. Okay. okay. Now, <laughs> I, and I think I've heard you rant about this before, Kyle. Oh. And maybe like on the podcast. Oh, really? Have I already said that? All right. Well, well uh, I, I cut it also. It, it doesn't may matter. have impacted me too oh. because I, like, I, we have not said we're pregnant and mm. I don't get as annoyed. I like the idea of it being supportive, but I think that the idea doesn't always turn into manifestation, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. even with the language mm-hmm. of we're pregnant and there's still only one person doing birthing classes or reading books or washing dishes or doing laundry yep. that the burden of labor doesn't necessarily shift even with the language supposedly being supportive. Yep. So something, something I'm going to bitch about uh, that my, unfortunately my brother says it. So sorry, Marty, uh, the phrase daddy daycare drives me up the fucking wall. Like just because <laughs> you're taking care of the kids without the the mother around this is not a special day. It's just called being a father. Like, yeah, don't have a cute name for that. Or, or people saying like, oh, are you babysitting? And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm raising my human child. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious, other than the language, how not having the physical pregnant person in your day to day, how do you uh, feel close then or or kind of feel that connection between the child that's coming? I think the we have an app that tracks the pregnancy. And I think that's been a nice kind of bonding experience. Hmm. Is it like which fruit is my baby the size yes, of this yes. day kind oh, of stuff? Boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Do you have an what? answer for now? Yeah. The, yeah. The baby's the size of a cantaloupe right now. 
Wow. That's that's a big fruit. Yeah. It's an oddly shaped baby. Well, <laughs> some of the some of the fruits and vegetables they choose are just oddly shaped. Yeah. Like lentil very early on. That made sense, but mm. last week pineapple. And when I think about what's available at the grocery store, it's like the baby has gotten smaller from last week. How, <laughs> how is that possible? Yeah, is this organic fruits right. and vegetables? <laughs> yeah, uh, so the Baby Center, that's the name of the app. Uh, baby Center is one. And I probably have a little bit of a mental hold. Like, uh, I'm not doing any bonding yeah. um, until there's a baby in my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, something we can talk about later or might not is the stops and starts to the process that have led to some big frustrations early on. Um, not in the last year, mm-hmm. but uh, just me getting frustrated and feeling like it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm waiting until there's a baby before I let that dam burst mm-hmm. yeah. with love and affection. Yeah. Um, a bursting dam. That's gross. We're talking about <laughs> the process of childbirth, but all right. It's a C-section. Yeah. Well, okay. So while I'm thinking about it, you have scheduled your birthday party for a couple of weeks before your your due, yes, like the C section is scheduled. But what if the baby's early? It, like, what if she goes into labor like next week? Like, we'll work around that. But <laughs> I have so much anxiety for you because I maybe I have more than the average number of like premature births in my history. But I, I, it's like it's, that's why are we not anxious about this? She's had two prior C-sections at okay. term. Yeah. So yeah. she's not prone to early labor. Okay. And we That's... don't we don't think about it. And neither me nor my brothers was particularly early. Mm. I don't know about you and your brother. Yeah. My brother so was a little early, but it's not really in our genes, either of our genes to finish early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I say finish cuz we in texting with her like make reference to cooking. Okay, it's gonna cook for another month. Yeah, <laughs> she's ready to serve eviction notice. Wants it to stay in at the same time. So you're taking the tinfoil off, so the skin will brown. Right? Yeah, you're right. like you're in the late stage of. Yeah. of, the, of the... Um, okay, let's back up then to the beginning of this process. How did you first decide that you wanted a kid? Is that always been in the plan, or did it? I think that was always in the plan for us. Mm-hmm. Like we each grew up with siblings and cousins close in age, and Lots of babysitting when I was younger and mm-hmm. always liked being around children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of cousins. I'm the oldest of three boys. Brandon's the older of two. Uh, my youngest brother was born when I was six. And that's when I started holding babies and doing laundry and changing diapers. Yep. So I've been doing that for 26 years. And I, yeah, we've always been interested in having kids since mm-hmm. we started dating. So how about the the surrogacy versus adoption route what was that process like figuring out which direction to go i think we thought about both options Mm -hmm. um and decided we wanted to have a genetic connection Mm -hmm. to the child yeah and started looking at first at international surrogacy options and then as we were doing that they were closing those options were closing down and shutting down so uh shifted gears towards uh, U.S. surrogacy. Did, does that have anything to do with like the political climate? Like are those shutting down or is that unrelated? No, it's unrelated. Most of the international surrogacy op- uh, options closed before any before our current administration came into being, uh, and the closures were done by 
nationwide legislatures wherever the potential surrogates were um, for very good reason because there was and this has been something that some branches of feminism have been concerned about since the 70s with surrogacy is that there's a potential for like in oh gosh it's maybe in the giver uh, where some women just get turned into baby machines yeah Mm. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. and there was some concern from like in Mexico in particular Mm -hmm. that's where we were really most heavily looking but the Mexican national legislature was concerned about women being trafficked yeah. to be gestational surrogates yeah. and what is their quality of life and what is fair payment. Because one of the uh, appealing things about international surrogacy is how much cheaper it is mm. outside of the United States. But is it worth the same and mm. what is their care like mm. other places? So. Most countries that had been previously open to international intended parents have been closed. Uh, even if local nationals, wherever they are, can continue surrogacy because there's internal background check processes. And yeah, these these concerns of women becoming like the the Walmart of babies mm-hmm. is the ostensibly why a lot of these laws have been created against compensation, right? Right. That that uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the laws section here. In a yeah. Little bit. But great. There's yeah. <laughs> there's this whole this whole underpinning of Surrogacy is okay and we'll let you do that, but you cannot pay her a single cent over medical costs or it's illegal. Oh, that is like Walmart. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would, yeah. Um, Okay, you talked about some of the starts and stops of and frustrations of Mm -hmm. surrogacy. Can you talk to us about some of those along the way? Sure, but I actually want to go back to the adoption surrogacy route. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because in addition to wanting to have a genetic link, something that we have mercifully not heard much lately but certainly we're hearing more often four years ago or five years ago when we were starting the process Mm -hmm. was well why don't you just adopt Mm, yeah Mm. Uh, and we went to a conference that was really helpful to hear someone on a panel talk about how they'd answer that question Mm. when they'd gotten it which was basically if it was a heterosexual couple uh, or a male female couple that had had um, biological children of their own was to say well why didn't you just adopt Mm. yep There are kids who need homes, but it's not the queer burden to home them. Uh, That heterosexual or male-female couples choose to have children all the time over Mm -hmm. choosing to adopt. So why is it that we are biologically impaired, but should be the ones doing the adoption? And Well, and I I don't share this assessment by any stretch of the imagination. It does seem that there's this sort of uh, presumption of selfishness that if you're if you if you're going to have your own biological children via surrogacy instead of adopting that like you're somehow selfish or mm-hmm. or, or um yeah surrogacy gets a different like it feels like in a different category than a, a male female couple giving birth it feels like oh you're already not doing the status quo so you have to adopt either way more children are in impacting climate change whether they come from IVF and surrogacy or from a drunk hookup on a Saturday night in yeah. a shotgun wedding two days later yeah. yep so, so like like Brandon have you felt any of that um, has have you personally been the the subject of people judging that choice I think early on there was especially when perhaps we were a little less firm in our decision and certainly when we were not as far along in the process I think there was a little bit more of, well, have you looked at adoption Mm. options? Like we had a a very strange person who came as a potential roommate to our place in San Francisco and like wanted to know why we were looking for a roommate. And we said, we're trying to save up money for surrogacy. 
And she said, well, wh why don't you just adopt? And it's like, we're, we don't know you. Like, that's a very personal <laughs> question. Uh, but that's kind of the last one that kind of stands out in my mind. Someone yeah. Someone who said something kind of inappropriate about it. Yeah. And after she left, we decided she was a robot anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I would love to live with a robot. We can't keep talking about data. We, I can't do it, Mike. I can't do it with you. Fine. Um, okay. Starts uh, and stops. Starts and stops. Frustrations. Um, I'll start with positive is that main reason we moved to Seattle from San Francisco was because we had goals, financial goals of we wanted to own a home. We <laughs> wanted say own a baby? <laughs> we wanted to own a baby. So. <laughs> we wanted to have a baby. Uh, sometimes when we are being coarse, we do joke about buying a baby. Yeah. Because uh, when you it's sign hilarious. the checks, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> and we are signing checks. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, can you put a baby on layaway? Does it work that long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in some ways. And that's something that I mean, we sort of did with our process. Yeah. So you, you can separate the process out. And, and that actually helped us feel like we were making more progress. Mm -hmm. So we had the creation of the embryos as phase one and then surrogacy, implantation and pregnancy as kind of phase two. Um, but we did that first phase and and we'll be forthright with costs. I mean, the first phase is $40,000 to create embryos. So you're working with an egg donor. We worked with an egg donor. We did not know a woman that we picked through. A digital binder full of women. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to, I don't want to interrupt, interrupt the, the, the story, like, but, but backing but up. Here is, you go. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is, the, is, is the first step like finding an agency or do you like go on Craigslist? Like how does that? <laughs> <laughs> so we had, we had a organ reproductive medicine is who we worked with for our fertility clinic. And we met them and, and started kind of getting interested in working with them at a conference in San Francisco. And so we knew we Is that wanted the one to... that you came to. Yes. So I had been a year before. Hmm. Uh, so there's an organization that I want to plug uh, called Men Having Babies. If you Google Men Having Babies, they've shifted their Facebook name. Uh, but their it's... marketing department is amazing. <laughs> like, that's pretty, pretty fantastic. <laughs> it started as a group in New York City of gay men trying to help each other figure out the surrogacy process. Yeah. Partly because in New York State, paid surrogacy is not legal. Yeah. So um, back to the money part, because I'm like very curious and grateful you're willing to talk about that. So mm -hmm. 40000 for the first step, I... It sounded like there was more, <laughs> more money. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's like the creation of the embryos, which we can talk more about that process. And then the actual pregnancy and the legal paperwork and the health costs, healthcare costs. That's another hundred, hundred and five thousand. Shit. On top. Can you take out a loan for that or do you have to have the cash? I think you can take out loans. We chose not to. Like mm. we are, we, we have student loan debt. I mean, we didn't mm. want to add to our own indebtedness. Mm to have a baby so we were very clear that we were saving that money yeah there are major life events that we have been intentional about not going into debt for that mm -hmm. i have since realized some people do go into debt for like we set a wedding budget mm -hmm. and we're like we're gonna make it work but we are not going into debt for our wedding mm -hmm. something i read that i wanted to bring up is where'd you read it online <laughs> Who, 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 who's the other? This you say is not a study. You don't get to ask me any questions about this. Uh, How many consonants are in their last name? Yeah. Oh, I didn't write down a name. So I'll guess four. Um, okay. So one thing I said is when straight people do surrogacy, it is often 
because one of the other avenues didn't work. So it's kind of a, one of the last resorts. So what's cool about gay people is they are actually excited. This is not like, oh, this was my fourth option of, you know, having a child. Gay people are excited to do this. Mm -hmm. Do you see that in the this process? I think so. I mean, I think the people we've interacted with or I've interacted with um, are just happy to be having a child. Uh, but even so, Northwest Surrogacy Center is our surrogacy agency, and they have monthly mixers now because they've just opened an office in Seattle. Um, paid surrogacy was not legal in Washington State until January 1st of this year. And there are male-male couples and male-female couples who are showing up as intended parents or parents with newborns or infants who are just happy to have a kid. Mm. Even if I mean, we met one guy who very straight man cracked us up <laughs> I, he was just there to hang and they had gone through multiple rounds of surrogacy with having to do different egg harvests and attempts at implantation um and they finally had a kid and they were so happy he also had no complaints just quipping this kid spent his inheritance getting here <laughs> 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 and this is a guy who's 40 or so he's just like he spent his inheritance getting here he's cute but <laughs> not going so to college <laughs> <laughs> okay i feel like this is a question i'm not allowed to ask but here i go D can you talk about who's like jizz when in the the, the the baby thing yes and no uh the no is we will not tell you who the biological father is okay but we will this is part of embryo creation mm -hmm. and we're happy to talk about that yeah, so we each donated sperm. We did it before we went on a cruise to the Caribbean because we didn't want to deal with Zika virus, <laughs> potentially. So we drove down to Portland, uh, spent an afternoon there having some blood tests and, and making that donation. And the sperm is kept separated. Uh, sperm would interact with other male sperm and actually destroy the sperm oh like a battle to the death yeah so the, the, the trope of like you make a milkshake and then like you who can't. knows you can't. Can't. yeah <laughs> yeah oh you, can't, you could not mix it together and see which one wins yeah huh. yeah they have to keep keep that separated so but, but whose who's sperm would win <laughs> <laughs> but the, the way i get it most frequently quite phrased is so did you do the swirl Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it sounds like you're ordering uh, like ice cream at that's frequently how people ask uh -huh. uh, i'm like well you can't because of evolutionary advantages sperm fight each other mm. <laughs> yeah so yeah and then with the eggs so we collected eggs from a donor uh i think initially there were 20 eggs i think that's right uh not all of them were good quality so that number got cut down at least by half that's a sick burn yeah. Sorry, lady. Your eggs are your egg quality <laughs> low quality. Subpar. She got paid the same either way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we split the clutch, so fertilized half and half. <laughs> it was an odd number of eggs. Uh, and then again, they looked and judged the quality of the embryos, and not all of them were good quality. And we ended up with three high quality embryos, <laughs> two and one. So you, you picked based on what was the highest quality output from this process rather than I want to be the father. I want to be the, sorry, that's a bad yeah, way to say it. I mean, genetic. Well, yeah, we let our fertility doctor who's got a background in genetics do that kind of tiering. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I think we say over and over again, including about the pregnancy and the upcoming birth, is that we trust doctors to do their jobs. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when our doctor is looking at the microscope and figuring out different traits and how things are developing at, at, at the time of uh, fertilization and then at the three day point and then at the 10 day point or whenever they have to be frozen and says, this is how many are good and likely to come to term mm-hmm. by this scientific metric. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, you're the doctor. Great. <laughs> That's a very like logical <laughs> way of approaching it, which I like is, are you worried about like, are you 100% certain that this is not an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito situation happening? Like, are you <laughs> going to end up with two babies? Have you seen twins? Am I too old for you? Uh, something that's changed over the last probably 10 years, because we've been in this process for five, uh, is historically you would always implant two embryos mm. in hopes that one would take. Mm-hmm. Um, the methods and the medications and the process has gotten so accurate that now you only implant one and then generally implant one and then mostly hope it doesn't twin because like Brandon <laughs> said, <laughs> there's still a 40% chance that it will. Huh. Um, and that's something that is in the paperwork, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've got on your sheets or not, but like part of our contract with our surrogate was at what point we would reduce. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if twinning happening happened, how many fetuses would we ask her to carry yeah. and how many was she willing to carry? And at what point mm-hmm. did we start decreasing for her own health and the health of the fetuses hmm. so i have to i have to ask then um is there any reconciliation that needs to happen with your faith or your faith tradition in in this space uh, not in this space like no catholics would have a fucking crazy fit about some of the things you're saying right <laughs> broadly speaking i mean at the most base point uh the catholic church is not a big fan of ivf to begin with right because embryos get discarded and so not with not for me i have week that's a different thing to talk about being pro-choice but also i trust doctors to do their jobs yeah and if a doctor says best practices is no more than this many fetuses for the health of the fetuses and for the health of the gestational surrogate Mm -hmm. i trust the doctor there um and so i can completely understand why you wouldn't say this but i'm curious to get your take on it why uh would you not talk about who is the biological i keep saying like father does that feel weird biological father no it doesn't like, okay okay it's um i mean it's it's good i'm fine with talking about biological father mm-hmm. uh but that's different between, there's a difference between biological father and primary caretaker or yeah. primary father mm-hmm. and we have worked to share most burdens and engage in sign acts of equity Mm -hmm. um so when we got married we came down the aisle at the same time yeah um because neither of us was ahead of the other uh neither of us was given away we were Mm -hmm. sponsored we both had people who were not our parents i like chase (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> present us to be married okay. at a baptism children are, or adults are presented to be baptized we had people present us to be married similarly, have, similarly trevor and i didn't have an aisle at all we yeah were, because we didn't want th- that like whose side is whose yeah mm-hmm. we so we went around the sides of a big square anyway go ahead um one there's there's that of the genetics are a thing, but they're not the primary thing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be a defining thing in our relationship with each other or with the child. Um, and we have very different genes. I have come into my 30s and I'm coming into my family genes. And Brandon looks like his family. So by about puberty, if there's not 
if it's not known, it will be known. <laughs> I, <Right. laughs> so it's I, not going to be a lifetime secret. I was going to yeah. ask if you'd be like, at what point? That seems like a conversation your child would bring to you. I'm going to guess the kid is going to be be way interested well before puberty. And like our family looks different than other families. Yeah. And like, we've got three copies of a children's book called Daddy, Papa and Me. Yeah. One copy was on our registry and then other people have just liked it so much or seen it and thought this will be good for y'all to have. So we have three copies of it right now. Uh, have you thought about names when you like what they are going to call you? Like you said, Daddy, Papa and Me. Like, yeah, I'm going to be Papa. Oh, Dad or daddy? Oh, that's a different so, kind of daddy than other in the game. But so, did daddy. you have more on? Oh, why we're not talking about genetics at this point? Well, the only other thought I had was some people certainly could approach us and say, "Who's the father? Mm. Like, whose child is this? Like, it's ours, like yeah. together." And so, keeping it to ourselves until it becomes more apparent, I think, helps to promote that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the familial bond beyond our own family unit. Yeah. Um, a while back, there was an episode where some English queer person was had gone through surrogacy in the states, and they and their he and his husband said that they didn't know who the father is. Mm. They were lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we we do know we have to know for legal purposes, right? Yeah. Like because the. Mm child the well the embryo and then the fetus and the child particularly the embryo is considered property Mm. of the person whose genetic material it is Mm. like in the creation of the embryos there are disclaimers about if we divorce our embryos come back to us they do not continue to be community property uh right or if one of us were to die then that embryo can no longer be used Mm. yeah so Lots of stuff is spelled out in paperwork. Yeah. But you, you, we, we know and we have to know for legal purposes and for creation of the birth certificate, which will be incorrect at birth and then modified after the fact. By oh, will it order. be the uh, the surrogate's name that's on it at first? At first in the hospital, yes. But hmm. there is a court order waiting to be signed that is already drafted and has already been acknowledged by me, Brandon, the surrogate, and her husband. It just needs the judge's signature. Uh, yeah. yeah. To d- directing the Oregon, Oregon Department of Vital Statistics to change the birth certificate from her name because she has no relationship to it. And we're just waiting for that final signature and our attorney will take care of that part. That's how divorce works. You're talking to an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mike, now seems like a good time to talk about the legal shit. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing can be said universally in the United States. Every state has their own shit. And I'm on this big kick here lately where I don't understand why states are a thing Hmm. anymore. Same. Me too. They've outlived their usefulness as a construct. Boo federalism. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. They're stupid and I hate them. Anyway, there's 50 (laughs) states in this country and every single one of them has their own take on surrogacy and what the laws are. And they range from Oregon and California are basically whatever the fuck you want to do, go for it all the way down to Arizona, quote, Arizona law prohibits all surrogacy agreements and contracts are unenforceable. Wow. It's, oh. Did you find anything specific to gay people? Like straight people, it's chill, and then gay people, no, no, no? So uh, I don't see any gay specific stuff for the United States. Hmm. It's got to exist, right? Yeah, but I would think so. I don't know, because I think the primary concern in the States really is for the gestational surrogate. I would just think people would hate gay people enough that like states would have laws about 
that. No, it's or those come in as not putting the non-biological father on the birth certificate or oh. not allowing various recognition of legal rights. Mm. Which that seems important for like a bunch of shit. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this is my child. Yes, I am allowed to take them out of school or yes, I can take them to the hospital or mm-hmm. can travel with them. So I just read Dan Savage's book, The Commitment, which is 15 years old at this point and stands up really well. <laughs> but he and his husband did a quick trip to Canada and because their adopted son has neither of their names and they weren't married so they did not have the same last name traveling internationally was a pain Mm -hmm. coming in and out of the united states because here are two men with a boy whose name is not at all like either of theirs Mm -hmm. and it's like did you kidnap this child yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) like no here's the adoption paperwork and it lists we're not his fathers but we are his fathers and here's how we have custody of him and yeah jesus did we already talk about the fact that there are legal implications for why you have an egg donor and then a gestational surrogate that are different people? Oh, no. We did not talk about that, but uh, sounds uh, like you've done some research. Well, <laughs> well I, I, my research is sort of old. Like, I, I really only looked into this like 10 years ago when Trevor and I were talking about maybe mm-hmm. having children, mm-hmm. that, uh, that there is a greater legal claim if the woman that carried the child is also the person from whom the egg came so they split those functions into there's the egg donor and there's the person that cooks the baby (laughs) and um that that helps in this space if there happens to be conflict after the fact Mm -hmm. did either of you consider fucking her (laughs) no no Mm -mm. no uh no (laughs) j-dubs so for for us like when the baby is born via c-section the baby will be transferred to us for skin skin contact uh she will see the baby when we're ready to like bring the baby into her room and introduce her to the baby so she won't be breastfeeding the baby after delivery she'll be pumping joseph are you gonna breastfeed the baby no <laughs> i'll be making bottles i'll be sitting in the waiting room with a cigar that's okay. yeah. <laughs> do you plan to have uh you or your or your child have an ongoing relationship with your surrogate yes yeah and it'll be sharing photos and Christmas cards and updates like that. It's, it's not going to be a very close relationship, I would say. Probably is we don't live in the same state. We yeah. live many hours from one another. So it sounds like that's a decision that you made. What are the considerations that you had to take into account when you made that decision? I think we were initially more hands-off. Like we thought this person is going to carry this child. And once the child's delivered, that will be the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think we learned in working with the surrogacy agency that most surrogates want to have a longer term, even a loose relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think we adjusted our stance a little bit on that. Yeah. And I, I think that we've got a good match. So our surrogacy agency, you put together a profile and then as surrogates become available, they let you know. So that's one of the pause pieces and the waiting mm-hmm. is... They say from the time you submit your information, it could be nine months to a year before you're matched with the surrogate based on who's available. Um, and they picked a good match uh, because one of the most important questions, there's a, an initial Zoom meeting that we did with us at our apartment and our surrogate and her husband at their house and the surrogacy coordinator somewhere else. And she just has a list of questions that she goes through. And mm-hmm. makes everyone answer them out loud, even though you've answered them in writing at least once already, so that you hear each other and you have to be on the same page. Yeah. And yeah. one of the most important ones is 
expectations around termination or reduction, just so that you're on the same page before anything starts to be written up, let alone signed, that are we on the same page about this? Yeah. And if not, it's okay. Mm-hmm. There's be a better match later on. Something you haven't asked about is that mm-hmm. the eggs are from an egg donor. Yeah. Well, I, I was I was gonna ask, like, what when you're selecting an egg donor, what were you looking for? Great eggs, sturdy. <laughs> Nice, a good yolk. A good, <laughs> sturdy, sturdy yolk. Uh, so Joseph and I both have some recessive traits, blonde hair and blue ho- blue eyes. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't choose someone who would totally dominate our mm. recessive genes. Hmm? Uh, so that Pundit was- Square? Is that a thing that <laughs> I did in Pun school? It. To- Pun it. Pun it. Pun Square, yeah. Pun it. Yeah. Pundit Square is when you put people from CNN in a boxing ring. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. Also, got it. isn't that show just called Crosstalk? Yeah. Or, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Angry yelling. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, wait. Fox so News. that was part Eggs. of it. I think, I think that was part of our initial screening was just picking people who had blue eyes or... Mm-hmm. Light hair, fair, light eyes. Fair skin. Is, is that in order for the child to look like you? Is that yeah. why? Yeah, I think that's... To look like us and our families and... Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Other decisions. So we had looked at some other profiles and I think ultimately chose the person we chose because we liked their personality as it came through in answers to questions. Like they fill in essays, they give you their educational history and their family history. And like oh, so you had conversations with both the egg no. donor and the, oh. That was all written. That's all written. All oh, written. got yeah. the, I mean, the egg donor written, yeah. the surrogate. Interactions, talk, yeah. yeah. The, the I mean, I, I riff on Mitt Romney's binder full of women comment because really it is, it's a website, it's a database with a photo. And that's the first thing you get is the photo. And then if you're interested in the photo, then you click. God, it's worse than Tinder. More photos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, and as you move along, you can get access to baby photos. Mm-hmm. So you have an idea of what they looked like as a baby. Oh. So you don't get an ugly baby? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> not all babies are beautiful despite what all parents say um, hashtag not all babies uh, but you get not just family you get family history up to grandparents on both sides mm-hmm. so like history of heart disease on this right. side and, and her genetic profile how, how in depth is that is like 23 and me level of depth of like asparagus doesn't make her pee smell or like is it is it it's not that in depth <laughs> but it yeah. was more in depth than I needed okay <laughs> For the people who, and I wouldn't even put you in this category, of the people who really want to drill down to all of that data. Yeah. Yeah. I recall like two specific enzyme deficiencies that she was recessive for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we had to go through genetic profiling just to make sure we were also not carrying those same recessive Mm. genes. Yeah. But yeah, it turned out to be fine. For the egg donor there, I remember the photos being in an orange square if the eggs were not good for same-sex couples to use because it was something about the number of times they donated before or were less likely to take or there was there's something of wait but wait that, that, wait, is, wait, that wait. doesn't seem specific to a same-sex yeah, couple. yeah that's why like, i can't remember what it is is it orange was, box for bigot is that no no no, no it was not <laughs> oh. we didn't see theirs and that is part of their profile and oh, there they are have some, to, some people are like nope yeah and oh. some surrogates are not right. comfortable with same-sex couple. Yeah. I mean, it's both like you want to know that so you don't get someone, but also it's fucked up that people think that way. Right. Ugh. And 
our egg donor opted in to, there's a, a database that once our babies are 18, they'll be, if they're interested, able to go into the database and look up to see if they have other half siblings, genetic half siblings who also came from the same egg donor. Oh my God. I was going to ask about this. I was more thinking the surrogate, but now that you mention it of like, I feel like the fear would be your child wants to know all these, this information about the egg donor, the surrogate. And it's like, but wait, we're your parents. So why does it matter? Do you have any feelings about uh, if your child in the future asks about this? Yeah. So we left that open uh, and, and selected an egg donor who was also open to that contact. Mm-hmm. So if the child at some point in the future wants to reach out to that person just to have coffee or communicate with them, that, that both sides are, are open to that. Yeah. Y'all seem like so chill about this. Like I would be like <laughs> a little bit like, even though I understand they would ask about this, I'd be like, oh, why do you want to know about that? Or like, y'all don't have seem to have any hangups about who's the genetic, like the genetic father. Like mm-hmm. how, I don't, I, I guess I just don't understand. How are you like not a little bit jealous or a little bit? For me, like being a medical professional, like I know how much I could do in this process and everything from like choosing the sex of the child. But I, I think we made very conscious decisions to stay our hands. Mm-hmm. So we didn't make a choice about the sex of the child. We did not make a genetic screening happen on the embryo Mm. to make sure there weren't issues there Mm. because we will accept the child if our Mm -hmm. issues will accept those issues. So that's true in other facets of this as well, that we're okay with letting nature do some of these things. So like we didn't dictate what the surrogate was going to eat and and say, okay, you're going to you have a fish supplement every day for brain health. Like (laughs) there were things that we could have done that we just didn't Mm. because we know once you get to this many weeks, you have to start listening to audio books. We didn't do that. Put headphones on your tummy. Yeah. Playing classical music. (laughs) You've given birth twice. You have two kids who seem happy and healthy. You, you know what you're doing. We will not ever be bearing children. We're going to let you bear children in consultation with your OBGYN. Like that's why you have one. So a couple of like gay couple specific things that I want to ask. Sure. Um, do you have women in your life that have been like, let me have your babies? Because Trevor and I oh, would like experience a, that from time to time. Like and approach we're like, you and be like, no, 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 put it in me. Yeah. So I have a medical school classmate who offered casually that she would be willing because she loved being pregnant. Hmm. Uh, and I think for us, just healthy boundaries. We never really considered that this is one of the the rules i think in emily post's books about manners like you never lend money or eggs to friends (laughs) (laughs) just complicates the relationship yeah yeah and i mean brandon said good boundaries but i've within the last six months heard messy situations where there was a casual surrogacy arrangement Mm -hmm. and then someone did change their mind at the last minute but because of some other complicated mess with who they were involved in like there's gonna have to be genetic testing to determine who actually does have familial rights yeah. versus who she's supposed to be a surrogate for and it was a very messy thing but we wanted it all spelled out yeah 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 and i think some people make those decisions for financial reasons yeah. mm-hmm. and and it also is a way to have a connection potentially genetically so, like, we don't have sisters, mm-hmm. but in theory, if Joseph had a sister and I wanted the child to have a closer connection genetically to Joseph, I mean, he's my sperm and, and his sister's eggs. Right, right. Uh, but we didn't have those options because we just have brothers in our family. So, 
Yeah, you're 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 talking about you know, 150 grand, you know, plus or minus whatever. And there's those articles that say that like some ridiculously high percentage of Americans can't even prepare for a $500 emergency. Yeah, yeah. and Mm -hmm. it just uh, it it blows me away how inaccessible this process Mm -hmm. must be for for uh, most people. Um, Most people, including most queer people. I for those in the podcast universe, like Brandon and I are both cis white men who are also gay and. We are the demographic that fought the most for marriage equality. Uh, Mike, a few episodes ago, said that we're very heteronormative, although he's talking about Mayor Pete. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And as a result of the intersections of our privilege, we are more likely than most gay couples to have access to this because of how people treat cis gay men or how people treat white men or men in general and white people in general. That from college applications to job applications in both of our professions we have gotten legs up simply by existing that has thus made this next step easier for us i get legs up too (laughs) (laughs) we are both very aware of that yeah Uh, and that's why we plan to support the men having babies scholarship fund in the future because we were able to do this that's adorable but not everyone can yeah and if they want to we want to help Another gay couple specific question. This child, male or female, what were your thoughts be? Do, do you want a gay child? Or do you want a straight child? Do you want a gay child? I mean, obviously, obviously gay people are going to be okay with a gay child. At least I think they would be. Hopefully. But maybe you're not. Maybe like you're would. I don't know. I, do you have thoughts about the sexuality of your child as it gets older? And does that impact any of your thoughts or feelings about their future? I would say that we were both wanting a healthy child. Yep. And then the next thought was the biological sex, male versus female. We were more inclined towards a male just because we both grew up in families of boys. Yeah. So that's more familiar and easier. Um, And we, I mean, y'all have both seen our friend groups. We don't know a lot of ladies. Right. And certain changes happen in a girl's life where she becomes a woman and... We're going to need some lady support if we get to that point. I was thinking about, like, I mean, regardless of the biological sex of your child, I struggle with, you know, some people are like, you have to have a a father and a mother, which is stupid. But at the same time, do you think about having women in the child's life in order to provide kind of a, I don't know what you're providing that perspective or that support or something? For me, more particularly for female specific issues in life and we have if i have a daughter my mom is going to be doing that and that is terrifying that's going to be a weird mom splaining episode (laughs) oh my god that's terrifying (laughs) brandon has med school classmates yeah we have and we both have mothers we both have mothers i have seminary classmates um one of whom is we are planning for her to regardless of this child's uh sex assigned at birth to be a presenter at the baptism mm-hmm. um i've already told her it's like and we anticipate probably a part-time nanny which more likely than not would be a, a woman so there will be some female influences yeah but as for like gay versus straight i so there is this there's this element of like pressure to have a straight child just to prove people wrong that gay people have gay children mm. right like there is that stereotype out there that like gay people you're gonna you're gonna make them gay you're gonna make them gay right is that what my straight parents did 
made me straight. I mean, I, it's <laughs> yeah. dumb, but it's out there. I know. That could, that could and re- something that we are both doing, though, um, is being conscious about... I mean, I'm intentional about using the language sex assigned at birth. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm also been intentional up until the third trimester of talking about a fetus, not a baby. Yeah. Um, I noticed that. And the not necessarily pushing any kind of gender expectations or stereotypes. So our nursery that Brandon started decorating this afternoon is woodland creatures themed. Aw. It's all very, very cute. Uh, <laughs> a lot we, of greens and yellows. and that's like, We've pushed for greens and yellows and oranges mm-hmm. and just bright colors, but not pinks or blues. And yeah. we're being up front because we're not announcing the sex assigned at birth until birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. saying... Do you know? We do. Okay. We do and we created a registry before we knew. Well, that's true. So everything uh, that's on our baby registry is could go both ways. And we're saying that even after birth please avoid pinks and blues like that's not what we're wanting to do and i think about whichever prince is doing ballet in the uk and Mm -hmm. loving his ballet classes um so i should cancel the gender reveal cake that i got for you guys (laughs) (laughs) i'll i'll try to find it and send it to you there's there's a great buzzfeed listicle of great comments about the idea of gender reveal parties and it's like one of them the cake is just full of bees (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i love that so much um do you have na- a name ready yeah yeah we have the name picked oh i was gonna ask my last question yeah do it okay um what are you most excited about so there i guess there are two things i'm most excited about uh reliving my own childhood hmm. and the process of educating a child. Hmm. So teaching, having them ask questions, kind of interacting through that process, I think. Those are the two things that I'm most excited about. He's really, really excited about them. (laughs) (laughs) It's not coming through right now, but he's, it's it's really sweet um, how excited he is to think about like, as children notice new things or learn new things like, the way children look at the sky or leaves and as a parent you can look at them as the sky and leaves or you can notice the wonder that's all around us that after over 30 years in life we just start to take for granted yeah but an infant and toddler does not he that's something he's talked about for years too Mm -hmm. is wanting to see the wonder of the world through a child's eyes again um what about you, Joseph? I'm excited to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's you, temporary, right? <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah, well... You can stop taking others' babies? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can just take yours. Well, and I've learned that about three, that's when I'm about ready to give them back. Oh, Because that's when <laughs> they start talking. Three-year-olds are objectively terrible people. They start, <laughs> they start talking and need to be the center of attention all the time. And it's just exhausting. Yeah. You know your child will get to three Eventually and older three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 okay okay i did i did want to say like several times now you guys have like looked at each other and it's really sweet and i love it and i kind of hate you both so <laughs> <laughs> yeah when we want to throw up that's pr- when single people want to throw up that's a good sign that like y'all are adorable so oh, thank you <laughs> yeah yeah it's the least least happy way to express our excitement for you you both so with that should we take a break yeah let's take a break take a break yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Yeah. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break.
Are we back? We're back. Yes. You're not Mike. Uh, We're back. Uh, We're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But But first. 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 Wow. Mike, you can just leave if you want. Joseph's got this down. Um, uh, What do y'all want to tell us about where to find you or what to do about you? (laughs) Uh, So you can find me online, Uh especially if you're interested in anything related to sleep. I have been writing on sleep for over 10 years. Initially, I was part of the New York Times, about.com. Now it is very well health. Uh, There are a thousand articles on sleep that I've written over the last 10 years. So pretty much any topic you want to learn about. And what's what's your book called? The book that I wrote last year is called Insomnia Solved. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, It is a six-week cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia program. So within six weeks, you can resolve insomnia. Wow. If they want to read your very well articles, what what should they Google? I think if you Google my name, and which is Brandon Peters, MD, if you want to add that in, uh, and very well mm-hmm. as one word. Empty. You also have a very soothing voice, so probably like putting people to sleep might yeah, be like. A, <laughs> oh, you could a, do one of those sleep podcasts. It's I have not done a sleep podcast, but there is an audio file. I have an online insomnia therapy program that people could do, and there is a relaxation 15 minute audio file that people can listen to and fall asleep to my voice nice (laughs) joseph i don't really have anything to plug right now okay never mind don't find him um yeah i'm in the gayish facebook group i post things periodically i like things other times that's yeah yeah well our website is gayishpodcast.com we are on thousands of social media sites <laughs> facebook twitter youtube instagram at gayish podcast or slash gayish podcast and there's a hotline the phone number is 585-5-gayish which is 585 it's so <laughs> seamless <laughs> uh you can Call and leave a voicemail or send a text message. Standard rates apply. Yes. Why don't you keep it going? That's as far as I remember. Oh. Uh, uh, our uh, email is uh, gayishpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and Discord. Oh, yeah, now yeah. Now is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the link is now on our website. And uh, if you want to find it there or also posted pinned to the top of our Facebook group. Because a lot of people have been asking us how to find it because we didn't make it super easy. Okay. Gayest and straightest. Do y'all want to get us started sure i mean i'll, I'll get started uh my gayest this week is related to my work as a priest i got to sit with a guy who's 27 on wednesday afternoon and he is not really out to anyone mm-hmm. um found me online and we got to talk for an hour hour and a half about god and the gay which mm-hmm. is something i'm kind of an expert at mm-hmm. i've been having these conversations for 10 years <laughs> and he's Curious about how to build a support network beyond his family and current church for when he comes out and mm. if there's fallout, which there yeah. might not be, but yeah. he's just getting ready, uh, including answering questions about God and the gay. And I can give him some stock answers that are always <laughs> the right answer. That's, um, that's awesome that you're there for people I, like that and know their history. Do so my best. I, I right. make fun of religion a lot. You, Sometimes you, you apologize. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> no, but it's fine. <laughs> but that's really cool that you're there for people who have those specific needs. So, yeah. uh, and then my straightest was going to a 20s and 30s mixer at the club, which is both the social club and where we work out. Uh, going to the 20s 30s mixer and then finding one of the three other gays who were there that were not part of the group of gays that I brought, uh, and then going to Pony. 
but bringing a gaggle of straight people, like <laughs> seven straight people to Pony. And then I was the only gay in the group at Pony. So yeah. I, that's that's my straightest is hanging out with oh boy. 30-year-old straight bros at Pony. What's that... Uh, um like fraternity ma- x matter and antimatter meet like like pony and straight people just doesn't compute in my brain <laughs> like, it's like oil and water yeah. like it, just, they, it should just separate those we sat outside oh, okay 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 smart uh brandon so gayest uh, a few days ago i was cooking joseph was busy at a meeting or something i had I to was cook. At the gym oh you're at the gym uh and i had to cook dinner so i made spaghetti but we are somewhat observing whole 30 last couple of weeks so <laughs> Uh, instead of using pasta, I didn't want to use the spiralizer to make zoodles, so I sautéed uh, zucchini and yellow squash. That was my gayish mm. thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, and then straightest, uh, I listened to uh, the album from the 1980s. 1985. 85. Of The Men. It's uh, Johnny Cash and uh, Merle Haggard and Willie, Willie Nelson, Nelson and yeah. somebody else. Uh, Chris Christopherson, maybe? I don't know. Let's look that one up. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So that was prompted by an NPR story this past week. Uh, There's a version called High Women uh, that we've been listening to a lot the last (laughs) week to 10 days. Yeah, it released on the 6th, and we've both been listening to it on repeat since Wednesday. Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. Okay. Anyway. The new new version is much better, by the way. The High Women (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That's that's a new version that's amazing. High women, the high women, and right. I okay. meant to send it to you already because I know you love your. We we've bonded over '90s country at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you will love this album. Awesome. It's like Lilith Fair goes a little more country. Oh God, God that's that's another oil and water kind of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, my straightest thing is I think okay, so yesterday was Saturday for me, not for you all listening, but uh I stayed in, didn't do anything, and I always feel like when I stay in, it's like gays are supposed to be social creatures that go out every night. Have you um, met yourself? Hi. <laughs> Wait, what are you saying? I'm not a social You're creature. You're not a social creature. I know, right? Hanging out with people is so much work because you have to like talk. <laughs> I don't know. Um leave yeah. the house. So yeah, leave, put on clothes that aren't trashy i don't really do that though. anyway so staying in on a saturday night feels very not super gay um the gayest thing which is a little bit old but i have this adorable phone case that's kind of like a, a greenish yellow um that is like as i've become more and more comfortable buying things that i just like regardless of how they look or what people might assume about me that's the only reason i was able to buy mm. this phone case um so i'm getting more comfortable in my expression of my of me Great. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Congrats. Thank thank you, everybody. I appreciate um, it. M- mine's a twofer. The straightest thing about me this week, last night at the gay bar, I, I was not paying attention to anything but the Montana-Oregon game <laughs> that was on, which... Football? Yeah, football. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> That's a sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually watching it. I was like, wait a minute, I'm a, but I'm at a gay bar. Anyway... <laughs> Um, but the, the gayest thing about me was that I was wearing a jockstrap at the time. And, and and because I'm super lazy and just rolled out of bed to do this recording, it's still on. So. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Prove it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I expected. This isn't a YouTube channel. Right. Although you have one. We do. Yeah. Which somebody last night at the bar was actually saying that we should do more on YouTube, which maybe we should. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Seems like more work. 
it, it does yeah 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 <laughs> we barely put out an episode every week so to do like video recordings of us i don't know what doing what yeah. just your jockstrappers yeah. could be the, <laughs> anyway so that's it uh special thank you to brandon peters matthews and joseph peters matthews thank you very very much for yeah being thanks here. for being on and sharing a, a lot of very personal things thank you thank for you. having us yeah. it's yeah. been fun yeah and a special thank you to your surrogate yeah yeah and egg donor yeah for just making donor. it all happen yeah so that's it this has been gayish i'm mike johnson i'm kyle getz until next week be butch be fabulous be you see you next next week week. bye okay i think i'm ready all right okay now i'm ready